checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fixed from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world. On today's episode, I dive into faith and sports with a good friend, Stuart Hardy. Stuart Hardy is currently the president and podcast host for the All In Sports Outreach. He is the co-founder of the organization as well, which he helped launch in 2015. He was born and raised in Selma, Alabama. After graduating high school in 1991, Stewart served in the United States Air Force from 1992 to 1999. Following his United States Air Force career, he began working for the federal government. Stewart and his family currently reside in Coppell, Texas. He and his wife, Sarah, have been married for 23 years and have three kids, Miles, William, and Anna. He is passionate about Jesus, his family, and sports. In his spare time, he enjoys hanging out with friends, attending local sporting events, or traveling to visit family. You can find the All In Sports Outreach podcast on all major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Check out All In Sports Outreach's website, allinsportsoutreach.org, and on Twitter, at all underscore N317. You can find Stuart on Twitter, at Stuart318. I hope you find this episode as powerful and as insightful as I did. Enjoy today's episode with Stuart Hardy. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm joined by a profound man who is a devout Christian and a, and a devout follower of Christ. He is the president, co-founder, and host uh, of the All In Sports Outreach podcast, uh, president, co-founder of the All In Sports Outreach uh, program. And uh, so I'm joined tonight by Mr. Stuart Hardy. How are you, sir? Awesome, man. Such an honor um, to be to be on with you. I know I've seen and listened to quite a few, and so I, I'm I'm humbled to to be here. Man, the it's that's it goes this way as well with that humble <laughs> and honor, man. The fact that people still listen, the fact that people want to be on every day is it's it's a thrill. Um, and it all comes from, you know, our Lord and Savior. It's it's amazing. Uh, when I got my arm twisted to do this almost a year ago, I would have never thought I would be where I'm at, right? We were just joking before we started about, oh, you know, I've got uh, I've got a microphone. I've got headphones. You know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm spending some money to, to do this, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But, you know, it, it's... It's about answering opportunity when God knocks, um, and it That's doesn't right. always. It doesn't come at necessarily the times you think it would or should. It just shows up, and sometimes it's a it's a straight punch to the gut and face. You know that's funny because I tell people ask all the time how I got started in podcasting. It's very similar. You know, I was talking to a friend about kind of a frustration that, um, you know the. The Dabo Swinney, the Tony Dungies, they have a platform to share their faith. But what about the, you know, the average high school coach, small college coach athlete? And he's like, well, just start it. I don't have a clue what I'm doing, right? We started it. Um, and so, it's yeah, it's amazing when, you know, when God kind of gives you a prodding and opens the door and you walk through it, it's always bigger and better than what you ever dreamed. And so, yeah, 
But I will say, um, before we get started, it's it's a lot easier to be in your seat than this one. Um, <laughs> I'm used to asking all the questions. I'm not used to the one <laughs> being asked. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to be in the hot seat, though. That's awesome, man. So give us a, um, a kind of a, a quick rundown of who you are and then how All In Sports Outreach got started and, and kind of its mission. Okay. That's a, that's a loaded question. Um, a little bit about me first. I was born and raised in Selma, Alabama, a very historic town, uh, very uh, divided still today somewhat. Um, lived 15 of my 18 years at home in Selma, three years down in South Alabama, graduated high school. And just wasn't, I wasn't one that loved school. Um, probably lacked a, some discipline, um, grew up around the military. And so just literally kind of a last minute decision. I enlisted in the Air Force out of high school, served a little over seven years active duty in the Air Force, um, finished my time in Washington, D.C., met my now wife um, who had graduated from Baylor um, and moved to D.C. to work on Capitol Hill. We met, got married. When I got out, we stayed for about a year and just thought that, you know, if we're going to start a family, we want to get closer to family. If you look at a map between Alabama and Texas, no offense if there's anybody listening in Mississippi and Louisiana, but we thought there's nothing in the middle that was real appealing. And so we landed um, in the Dallas area almost 21 years ago, March of, of 2000. We moved to Dallas thinking it was a three or four year move. And clearly this is home. Um, I, I've worked for the federal government since I got out of the Air Force. So all in sports outreach is just a passion. It's a volunteer thing. It's not, um, it's not my job. I have a, a full-time career. Mention my wife, Sarah. We've got three kids. The oldest uh, 17 is a junior here at Coppell High School. We have twins. We got the bonus on round two that are 14 in eighth grade. And then, like you said, uh, you know, you mentioned all in sports outreach. That is a, a passion of mine. I, I've just always believed that there's very few things that bring people together across the board. And I think two of those, uh, uh, two main things is sports and food. Um, and I happen to like, like both, but, you know, so the mission of, of all in sports outreach now is, is you know, is we, we exist to encourage coaches, athletes, and communities in, in their walk with Christ. That's the high level view of what we do. It got, it got started though. It's kind of interesting beginning in 2015, um, a, a couple of friends that still live in Selma, we were talking about serving in our hometown um, and we weren't sure what it looked like. And the year before we'd gone down to Belize, my parents at the time were missionaries and we put on a, a basketball camp and the theme was all in. And so it's, it's April the 29th of 2015. My, my, my oldest son, third grade at the time posted this silly video of him dunking a nerf hoop on Instagram. What started a conversation among some of the folks that went to Belize about, Hey, let's do this in our hometown. You know, we, you know, we did it out of the country. Let's go serve at home. And so we just thought, you know what, we, we have to have a name. We can't associate with the church, really. And so we, I Googled All In Sports Outreach. Like I said, All In was our theme of the camp we did at Belize. It was available. And so we started with the idea of doing sports camps. Um, and 
Uh, we have not done any in the last year and a half or so. And some of that was just some intentional decisions pre-COVID of it's okay to do a great sports camp to share the gospel, but if we're not going to be really good with relationships throughout the year, then maybe we need to take a pause. And that's what we did um, over a year ago. And now we focus just on, on the podcast. And then through COVID, we, we launched a weekly virtual coaches fellowship via zoom where we just have a, you know, some people call it a Bible study. It's, you know, share devotional, just some encouragement. And we're just connecting right now is connecting coaches across the country, men, women, high school, college, and just encouraging one another. That's the, that's kind of who we are in a nutshell. I love it. I've had the opportunity to, to tune into those. And, um, you know, I've heard coach Lachlan talk twice and, you mentioned that being able to connect. I think the first time that he spoke, you know, Charlie Ward was in the room right on the Zoom. You know, Heisman Trophy winner, NBA basketball player, Charlie Ward. Like that's to me, it's just. It's amazing what happened last year in terms of shrinking the world, right? All of a sudden, everybody is thrust into their homes and we we're not we're not venturing out we're not doing all these things but we're still trying to find ways to stay connected and then we connect through we, we connect with other people that we would have potentially never connected with you know um you and i connected through through those zooms uh i think you know you started uh or coach g started the 731s on Wednesdays, right? And and we well, tune in. It, it gave you something to wake up for, um, you know. In in some bleak times, you know, I was able to bring you in, and uh, you know, you were able to speak to um, our FCA group uh, at when I when I was at San Gratitudes, and they loved it, you know. And so it's <clears throat> it's it's awesome how we've been able to do these have these connections. Um, you know, because I asked you the question, what is something positive that came out of 2020? And that's what you said. You said relationships and then more focus on priorities. So what is you know, what does that look like for you? Well, you know, what's interesting is so I've had a lot of conversations um, about that. Um, I've asked that question a lot, probably more than it's been asked of me. But um, I was on with with a friend of mine who's been a guest on our podcast, Vernon Fox. He also does some Instagram live stuff. And he and I were on one Monday night chatting. He asked me that question. And the more I thought about that question, the more I thought about for me personally, 2020, I say this with a caveat that very blessed that, you know, I remain healthy, my wife and kids, we all remain healthy. So we can say that a lot that it was a good year for us. I know I want to be sensitive to those that did lose loved ones and struggle through because it was not a good year for everybody. So I, I like to say that because I don't want it to come out wrong that I'm like, you know, brag, you know, that 2020 was the best year ever because, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't. But I believe that, you know, Romans 8, 28, God works all things for the goods. He takes those bad, you know, weaves it in with the good and good does come out of it. So I think, you know, we're all going to look back on 2020 and see and see some good. But um, I say that to say for me personally, it was a chance to slow down, um, to just kind of trim some of the fat in my own calendar 
um, own activities, whether it's me personally and our family. And then, you know, ministry wise, um, I watched Coach G, you mentioned he's doing like eight Zooms a day um, in March and April, seven, six, seven days a week. And it's these coaches, I mean, it's from Division One college all the way down to, you know, assistants at the high school or guests on there. And it's just coach, and you're seeing on Twitter, I, I quickly learned in 2020 that coaches live on Twitter, and you see coaches all across the country that um, are connecting over, over football clinics. And it's just the conversation you see on Twitter is, is incredible. So I, I texted a couple of buddies that are coaches, and I said, hey, what if we just threw out there, we're going to jump on Zoom at 8.30 Central on Tuesday night, who wants to jump on? And we had no idea. So we were going to do that and just have a time of sharing and prayer. Then it started, you know, growing and growing. You mentioned Coach Lachlan is another one that, you know, that jumped on and who's now the running back coach at Western Kentucky. But so we had guys coming on and pouring into us that we never, without 2020, would have even communicated with. And they're throwing their personal cell phone numbers out there going, hey, I'm here for you. And so I've seen those relationships develop, Coach Lachlan with other coaches develop throughout the year that never would have happened. You and I would have connected without 2020. Um, so I joke with people now that some of my best friends I've never met in person. You know, people laugh and go, well, I, I just feel so close to the people that I've connected with over the last year that I feel closer to them than I do people in my own community. Um, and it's folks that there's not a day that goes by probably that I don't hear from somebody via text or Twitter that I met through Twitter on 2020. And it's just, Hey, prayed for you today. How's your family? Hey, would you pray for me? I've got a job interview. So it's these relationships that you normally, these interactions normally don't have. It's normally you have those inside your, your community. So um, I know that's a long way to talk about the relationships that have come out of it, but it's just such a blessing to me. I look back and, you know, kind of pinch myself sometimes um, because, and, you know, and it, it, I've seen it in my, in my own kids, my, my boys, we've been to a couple of high school football games through um, seeing guys that I've met through, through this, their team's going deep in the playoffs. And we sit there and it gives us a chance to go to ball games. And then they get to see these other godly men on the sidelines coaching football that we ordinarily wouldn't, interact with but through these relationships it's just bled over into um you know our, our lives and I, and I just think honestly it's an encouragement to me too I'll say this as a parent that the number of godly men and women that are pouring into student athletes at all levels middle school high school and college I think that's one thing we saw in 2020 that it's always been there but nobody knew nobody saw it you know, and then now you got these godly men and women that have come together across the country that are now encouraging one another. It's still today. I mean, you go on Twitter right now, and I promise you, you're going to see guys that you and I both have met, and they're, I mean, they're, they may be talking some football, but then you'll see some, some scripture go back and forth, and that wouldn't have happened in 2019. You know, so that's to me which what was huge about 2020 is just seeing God move in the lives of men and women and bringing people together. And, you know, it, it doesn't get talked about as much as the division in our country, but I think there's a lot more unity than, than, than what we, we see and talk about. Well, I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, I, are you, do you know who Darren Woodson is? 
Oh the yeah, former, the former cowboy uh, yeah. safety. So he's got a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and I love I love his podcast. Um, I've gone back and listened to a few different people. Um, their conversations and the way that they talk with their guests, you know, that's that's kind of what I want is, is that just that organic conversation. Um, but he made a post the other day on Instagram, and then I I, I, I reposted it. And it, it spoke exactly to what you were saying is that the division gets highlighted, right? Because unfortunately, the sensationalization of the news is what moves the needle, right? But in reality, a, a overwhelming majority, it's positive, right? Just like you said, you wake up every morning, take five minutes, you'll see probably more good than bad on Twitter. At least for me and the coaches that I follow, it's it's a lot of scripture, right? And it's coming and from coaches too, who normally in the you know in the past have always been viewed as these tough guys, rough, you know. But it's it's guys that that love Jesus, love one another, and aren't ashamed. And it's all across the country. It's not in one. It's not in the Bible Belt either. It's, no. it's all over. I mean, we yep. got any given Sunday night, you can have. We're going to have Coach Bishop. She coaches women's basketball in California. You got Coach Fry in Idaho. We've had South Carolina, Florida. I mean, Iowa is usually seven or eight different states represented. Mm -hmm. You know, that that doesn't happen pre 2020. No, no. And and it's just, it's awesome um, to see that go. So you talk about, right, all in sports outreaches your side deal. You've got your, mm-hmm. uh, your actual day job. You got your wife and you have your three kids and, and, you know, priorities and shaving fat out of your calendar and such. What is it that helps you, you know, cause I, I use the word, everybody uses the word balance, right? But right. Is, it's, it's almost like a, it's it's a word that's used because there is no other word, but in reality, there's balance is so subjective, right? So right. Prior, priorities is obviously the the best deal, but then then that becomes like a, a ranking system, right? You're not necessarily trying to put one child over the other per se, or or you know above above you and your wife kind of thing. But so how would how did you restructure things that going forward? you know kind of give you more joy that you that you've realized weren't actually you know they may have given you happiness but not necessarily joy because you had them in the wrong order yeah i think i think it can come down to um identity when i say that is you know i love my wife i love my kids um but that's not who I am. Um, I got to remember number one, every day when I wake up, I'm a child of God. Um, and so re refocusing that every morning when I wake up, I need to start my day in God's word. And then it's family. Then it's my job. And then when, you know, when I come home where I've been working at home a lot now, um, it's tr- turning that off and being intentional 
with my family. And then, you know, balancing the, the ministry part of it with the podcast. I mean, you know, hosting a podcast, it's, you don't always have a say in the schedule because you want to be flexible with your guests. You know, you work full-time as well. So you do this, you understand this. So what I do is I try to record, you know, have three or four recorded ahead of time. So I'm not recording every week, but the first thing I do is when I'm trying to set up one, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say ask permission, but I'll ask my wife, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to record two podcasts this week. What would be the best days and times for me to do that? Her response is usually whatever works for you. It doesn't really matter. But I feel like the important thing is I never want that. And I'm not going to say I've perfected this because it, it you know, there's been times when it has been a struggle, but I don't ever want it to be that that, that becomes more important. And so it's, it's including them in the process um, of, of scheduling. It's my younger son enjoys, he's very intrigued by this. So if I pre-COVID recorded some locally in person, he'd go with me. Um, so involving him in that. Um, so that that's, I don't know if that answered the question completely because I struggle with that word balance too, because I ask that question all the time. Um, but it's, it's just remembering for me every morning when my feet hit the ground, remembering who I am and that's a child of God. Then I'm a husband, then I'm a dad, and then it's my job. But it's anytime that that gets out of order. And even, I mean, as great as your family is, if it gets ahead of number one, if family gets number one and child of God kind of slips, that's, that's not healthy either. You know, so it's keeping that I'm a child of God. That's who I am. And then it's husband, dad, you know, I'm a, I'm an employee and I do ministry. So it's just keeping that, keeping that order correctly. And I, and the, and the key to that is just, um, you know, keeping it on the forefront of your mind, but also having people in your life that'll, that'll ask you, Hey man, have you spent some time in the word this week or, um, you know, or whatever, uh, or texting you saying, Hey, how, how's, how's the family doing? I mean, I mean, there's simple things that people can ask that'll keep you in check. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I, I love that you, that you mentioned, you know, asking your wife what days are, are good to record. Um, and, and I'm like you, I, I, I try to stack recordings. So, you know, I, I usually after the, the episodes done recording, right. And I, and I hit stop and we, you know, close out off the record kind of thing. I'm like, Hey, you know, this is probably going to come out in a few weeks or so. And I'll let you know. Um, because you have, you know, it, it's hard to schedule it out, record, edit, publish, all in that one week and then turn it around, do it again. Um, you know, cause you want to work ahead so that you have that flexibility. Um, but you know, and I tell my wife, like, just tell me if this is becoming too much, like if it's getting in the way, then That's right. this goes like, this is purely a hobby. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, I, this is, a, this yep. is li literally, 
you know, Carrie Underwood, Jesus, take the wheel. Like wherever God you want me to go with this thing, we'll go with it, you know? Um, but it's the first thing that can go because it's not, it doesn't pay the bills. If, if anything, it adds to the bills because it's, it's consuming electricity, right? So if we're going to cut anything, we're going right. to cut stuff that, that adds to instead of, uh, you know, detracts, but you know, it, but it's, it's, it's awesome because it's an opportunity to have conversations, you know, beyond what we can do on Twitter. Cause there's only so much that you can say in, a, in these characters, what, what are we at? 240 now. Um, that's right. You know, still no edit button though. It's 2021 and we still have me a- nuts, man. Dress me nuts. <laughs> but that's a whole nut. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> right there. <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's an opportunity to further the same way that those zooms are in, in that, and to have that safe space to express yep. yourself um, and to do it and reach other people. It's, it's just, it's awesome. It's, it's amazing what this, what this platform does uh, with just two people talking. You know, what's interesting is so in the fall, things were just busy. Uh, work-wise, family, just a lot of things. And so I just didn't push out many at all. And I didn't think much of it, right? Um, and then and I posted something, I think it was late December, I was recording a couple. And people were just blowing me up on Twitter. It's about time. We've been waiting. You know, so it's kind of encouraging to know that you can take six or eight weeks off without pushing any out. But it's also refreshing when you start back up to see the excitement. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. No doubt. <clears throat> so let's, let's shift gears a little bit and let's, let's kind of dive into you, right? You growing up in Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. what, what all, and you say, you, you know, school wasn't your favorite and you, and you went into the air force. What, what all did you play, uh, athletically in, in high school? And in, in high school, all I did was run track. I'll be honest, I did not play a lot of sports. I was at a small town, small school. And, you know, when my dad was a pilot and and he was home a lot when he wasn't flying, he was at home. And so we had, we lived, we had a boat and we had some land. We hunted and fished. And so his deal was all along was, hey, you can play all the sports in the world. I'll be there. Or we can spend a lot of time hunting and fishing, but we're not doing both. So I chose the outdoors route. Um, and so sometimes I look back and go, I wish I would have played some more sports, but then I look and go with the time I got with my dad was invaluable, you know, those memories. But so my sports career is very, very small. Um, um, I ran, I ran uh, two, two different races in track. I ran the 110 high hurdles and 300 intermediate loved it. Um, So that's my short sports career. (laughs) Who would you say, you know, outside of, of, of Christ is your biggest role model or who, who, you know, who, who are your biggest role models? Um, my dad would be number one, um, just because of the time we got to spend together. Um, he, he and I were very close and, and I left this part out because I was cutting the story. I didn't want to go too far in the weeds, but one of the things that led up to all in sports outreach was I mentioned my parents were missionaries. 
So we were doing this sports camp in Belize in 2014, and about four months before that, I um, mean, a routine surgery, uh, some things didn't go well, and he was in the hospital three or four weeks. Anyway, he ended up passing away, um, and we went ahead and did that sports camp, and that's kind of one of the reasons I feel like All In Sports Outreach started was kind of close the door on Belize and shifted our focus to home, but he was my role model in that. Um, not perfect by any means. Um, I, I say that a lot because, you know, when he passed away, you know, you, you hear all the good and I have to remind myself, you know what, he was a human just like me. And so I don't want to paint this picture that, you know, a perfection, but he was an example of, of, of a servant leader. Um, he served others well. He loved others well. He didn't care who you were, what you looked like, who you voted for. You know, he he didn't that didn't stop him from from loving others. As a matter of fact, when my brother and I were gone, I was living in Washington, DC. I was the youngest. I was probably, I don't remember the exact year, but I was probably 24. And he and my mom took in a girl. Um who had grown up in our town, just grew up in a, just a very bad childhood. Um, and she was, a, a, I believe, a senior in high school at the time. And they, they took her in. They never had a daughter. They said, my brother and I. So here they are, empty nesters, and they're allowing someone to move in. And, and she's a part of our family today. So that, I tell that story to say that just shows that um, what selfless love is. Um, and so that's what I try to be. Um, is to is to is to love and serve others well. Love that man. <clears throat> so, when you're at work, how do you right? Because you you know your your government contract stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, think the separation of church and state and these things. How do you how do you go about demonstrating your faith without necessarily drawing unwanted attention to yourself or, or creating, um, I guess, conflict of interest that would, that would, you know, cause issue with whatever project or such that you're working on. Good question. Um, I wish I had this down. Um, I wish I had it perfected. I wish I was an expert at this, but I think when I do it well, it's when I it's how I treat my coworkers or those I'm working with or supporting or project I'm working on. It's how I treat them. Um, it's how I talk. Um, it's if I make a mistake, I own up to it. Um, if someone's getting under my skin, it's it's how do I react? Um, so I think a lot of it is is it's not me thumping a Bible in the break room with a cup of coffee or walking around up and down all the cubicles. Um, I I think it's how I treat people. It's my attitude when things aren't, you know, if we're going through a time when, you know, morale may stink, but how's my attitude? Um, And, and just how well am I, am I loving my coworkers? And if I, and if somebody's asked to do something that nobody really wants to do, am I, am I willing to go, Hey, I'll do that. You know, so I, I think a lot of it is, and I don't think it's just my job. 
I think any, all of us, it's, it's especially now when all we, you know, we talked about this, the way the media portrays the, the division and there is division, but I think, I think a lot of it is it's people don't want to hear us talking about Jesus all the time. We are to proclaim his, his name. Don't, I don't want that to come out the wrong way, but I think right now people want to just, they're watching how we claim to be followers of Jesus, how we treat people. And am I treating everybody? Am I loving everybody or am I just loving those that agree with me? Um, or, you know, or, or look like me or live by me, or am I loving everybody as someone creating God's image? And I think that's how we, I think that's how we do it. Um, like I said, it's not always something I do well. Um, you know, cause we all have, we all have our days or, um, difficult coworkers or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's, it's how, how am I treating them? And what do they see in me? Am I, am I a light? And, you know, just like I grew up fishing, we fished at night, this one lake. And my dad always said, hey, throw it, throw that, your line up under that light. Fish are attracted to the light. You know, and Jesus says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. So if I'm going to fish, fish are attracted to light, then am I a light in the workplace? Or am I someone who is dark and, um, not any fun to be around, or am I that bright light where people want to be around me? And then we can have those conversations about Jesus after they see that I, you know, that I am that light. Yeah. I love that. You know, and it's, it's funny you mentioned, uh, how you go through that. Right. Cause I, I think I, I, shot you a message the other day and I asked you, you know, how do you, <laughs> how do you deal with difficult people or people that irritate you in the workplace? And that was your answer was, you know, you, you just, you love them regardless and you just try to be a light for them. And it's, it's absolutely true. And just like you said, it, sometimes it's easier than, than not. Um, but I think everybody can relate to the fact that, yep, that's, that's exactly right. You know, I have my days. Those are, there are people that, you know, you can, you can say all the prayers you want for them. They are who they are. Uh, and they're going to be who they're going to be. You just, you have to pray for strength to endure that because, you know, at the end of the day, what do we always say? Control what you can control. Well, the one thing that we right. can always control, right? Same thing we tell our athletes, you can control your attitude and you can control your yep. effort outside of that there's, there's nothing else that you can control. Attitude and effort is, yep. is it. I try to control me. Yep. No doubt, man. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a few rapid fire questions to, to close us out. Um, so these are going to kind of bounce around. Uh, I'll start you off with the softball. All right. Uh, favorite Bible verse that helps you on a daily basis. And so I, I know you you asked me that ahead of time, and I think I shot you a couple, but there's one that, you know, really recently in the last couple of weeks, it really, really has has um, has hit me. Psalm 46. I'm gonna I'm gonna share two. 46 one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, just knowing that God is is a is a safe place to be. 
And then 4610, you know, which I think is something that I learned about in 2020 and still still learning is to be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. But just that first part, you know, about being still and knowing that he is God. And sometimes I have a hard time being still. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got you. I love that. I love that. All right. So being, being from Alabama, is it roll tide or war Eagle? War Eagle, baby. Really? War Eagle. Yep. Uh, I did not go to Auburn, but a lot of my family did. And so um, nothing, there's not many things in life that bring me as much pleasure as seeing Alabama lose. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a tough one this year, though, with Ohio yeah. State and Alabama. That that was a tough, that's a tough one to choose because I, you know, you you know, grew up in the South, not an Ohio State fan either. So right, right, I understand. What's the proximity of Selma between the two universities? It's probably about the same, about an hour and a half to both. Really? Yeah, it's yeah, and so, it's, it's so you got. You've got the division of, of the history, right? And then you've got the division Dude. of those two universities within Dude, that. It's, yeah, it's it's big time. I, I mean, I, I tell people, I you know, grew up in a small town, a small church. I could tell you um, the Sunday after the Iron Bowl, who was going to be at church and who was going to be. <laughs> Based off the score, we could go, okay, this family, you ain't going to see them tomorrow. These folks, we ain't seen them in a year, but they're going to be there at church. You know, so it's, it's crazy. That's funny. Have you ever been to an Iron Bowl? I have. Yeah, very fortunate. One of the best memories I have is my brother was a freshman at Auburn, 1989, first time they played in Auburn. And my grandfather, um, to this day, we don't know how much he paid for the ticket. He knew I wanted to go. He had a ticket guy, you know, and he bought me a ticket. And I went. And it was still one of my favorite memories. Um, I watched that game probably three times over the first part of quarantine. SEC Network was showing them, so I, I, I rewatched it. Just the, just the, ele- the electricity of Alabama coming in ten and zero, and and Auburn beating them, and uh, yeah, it was is unbelievable. Awesome. <clears throat> what is one thing that you miss culturally about Alabama? Food. What's what's so because that's that's funny you say food because my next question was going to be favorite place to eat in Dallas. So let's visit that part right there. I'll let you marinate on the favorite Dallas place to eat. But but what is what is Alabama food? You know, it's just I don't know. It's you know, when you go back home, like I went, went back and saw my mom this last weekend and there's a little store in town. They sell a thing called the chicken swirl. Nobody really knows why it's called that, but it's like chicken breast, got a piece of ham or meat in the middle wrapped in bacon, like a filet, but it's phenomenal on the grill. And then there's a, a sausage, Koneka sausage that's made um, a couple of counties over from where I'm from that is just, I stock, I mean, I bring a, a cooler load every time I come back. It's just, I don't know what it is. Um, it's, it's just some things that you can't get here that, that I love, you know, and then, you know, you go home and mama's cooking is always the best cooking. Yeah. Oh, I think my mom would actually say that I've, I've surpassed her. She, she actually prefers it now that I cook, which yeah, is, funny. I enjoy, I enjoy cooking, especially on, on the grill. And so, um, I mean, there's a lot of things I miss about being in Alabama, but yeah, when I go back, I have a list of things I want to try to eat. There you go. There you go. So coming to Texas, right. 
what was what was your first experience coming to Texas? Because you had had you been prior to the, to the decision to come to the DFW, had you or your wife been to Texas? My wife's from Texas. Okay. Um, she's from Brenham, Texas, home of Blue Bell ice cream, um, which, you know, until I met her, I just thought ice cream was ice cream. Um, you know, something that she got me to try in, in Washington, D.C., but it's because she's from Texas. Um, I never had Tex-Mex. So listeners will probably hit stop when I say this, but before I met her, probably the only thing I had was Taco Bell ever because now Selma's got a couple of Tex-Mex places, but back then all we had was Taco Bell. So I just thought when somebody said they're going out for Mexican food, you go to Taco Bell. And my wife looked at me like, you are <laughs> insane. And so she took me to this place, you know, chips and sauce. I mean, the true Tex-Mex place. And now it's my, it's one of my favorite foods. I can eat Mexican food almost every night just because I didn't grow up with it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And you can go to a different place. You know, I can go to 10 different places in the next 10 days and have 10 different meals and they all be equally good, but for different reasons. Right. Well, uh, I didn't give you a favorite restaurant. No, no, <laughs> but, but you have, you have, you know, there's, like you said, there's certain ones and certain things about each one that you really like. Um, and then that makes a difference. So I will ask right. though, do you on occasion indulge in Taco Bell? I do. I do. Every now and then I'll. What's your uh, go? What's your go-to at Taco Bell? You get bean burrito, baby. Really? Yes. It's just, I don't know what it is. The bean burrito. <laughs> if it's a, if like, if I'm on a road trip, my son and I were coming back from a ball game last year's late at night or we're coming back from East, uh, East Texas Baptist football game and we're starving. The only thing we saw was Taco Bell. And yeah, you give me a couple of bean burritos and I'm happy. There you go. I'm a cheesy gordita crunch guy. That's that's my go-to. And every now and then I will go on the uh I mean I say it's new, it's not new anymore. The Dorito taco thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh last last deal. What was what was your favorite binge watch of of twenty twenty off of Netflix or Hulu or whatever, you know, streaming service? All right. Peyton's places. Peyton's place on ESPN plus. Yeah. I got somebody posted about like week two of quarantine that they're, they were watching it. I went and paid the $49 or whatever for ESPN plus for the year. And I watched the whole first season in about three days. Drove my kids crazy. Daddy's (laughs) watching his favorite show again, but just, you know, it was a cool the way Peyton broke down the hundred years of the NFL, but his his dry sense of humor was just sucked me in. And it was some pretty, and I learned some interesting facts about the NFL, but in a humorous way, and very well done. And there's actually now a season two that I every now and then will go watch an episode. I I never got a chance to. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't ever get a chance, but that's not something that uh, that I took advantage of. So I need to. Uh, I need to now that we got we're kicking off with track. It's it's not as time consuming as football is, but you know that's that's definitely something I'd like to uh, to dive into because I, I think he's got a 
he's demonstrated that he has a innate ability in front of the camera that not many, I think all athletes think they're entertainers, right? It's just kind of this persona thing, especially if you're a wide receiver or a defensive back, right? Or a running back, you kind of think you're an entertainer to an extent, but this guy is, is like, he's, he's funny. He's charismatic and he knows how to deliver, uh, which especially if you have a dry sense of humor, a lot of it comes in that delivery of, of, of what you're trying to say in order to make it funny to more than just those who will understand the humor. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll give you a, a great example of one that just is, 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 it's pretty interesting. So Elvis Presley was a huge football fan. And so Peyton goes to Graceland and they take him through Elvis's home and they find this room where Elvis used to watch football games and he drew up plays. And so Elvis goes, I mean, then Peyton goes to local school and gets 10 or 12 kids and starts running some of the plays that Elvis drew up. And then just little things like that, that taught some history of Elvis loving football, but in a very fun way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And I, I love, um, I'm a big Manning family fan just because I think they in front of the camera, they're the best. Um, because they can poke fun at themselves and, and, and have a great time doing it. Because he did a couple segments, episodes of, of it's just their family. And it, it's hilarious. But it's well done, too. So, yeah, I got my wife to watch it with me, too. Um, she didn't – first when I mentioned it, she's eh, on the fence. But after I got to about five or six episodes, she started watching them, too. So, some good stuff. And it's, you know, it's history. Yeah, yeah. Well, sir, I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to to talk with me and, and, and sh- share some word with, with the listeners. Um, uh, I ask you t- I'm going to ask you two things. Uh, one, you know, if people want to find out about about these, uh, you know, devotional times, Bible study mm-hmm. times, you know, how do they do that? And then if you could just close us out in a word of prayer for this year. Absolutely, man. So the first thing to do is um every week. Usually Thursday or Friday, we start posting on Twitter at all underscore IN317. We'll post something about, hey, come Sunday night at 730 Central. And then Sunday, about an hour prior, you'll see the Zoom link. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd enjoy, you know, love to invite any coach that's listening to come come check us out. I mean, we'll have anywhere from 15 to 30 folks on there and it's usually just a time of laughter and prayer and you know an encouraging word and then you know sometimes people stick around for an hour or so and chit chat and some people drop off so it's very very come and go but just a it's it's just a unique bond I think it's a to me and I'll I'll pray in just a second but to me it's just a beautiful picture of the church big C because I guarantee you every Sunday night everybody on there does not vote the same way, believe the same way, you know, so it's a beautiful picture of how the church, I think, um, how God designed the church. So absolutely. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for Peter and his heart for you. We thank you for, for this podcast, this platform you've given him to, to talk coaching, to talk sports, but also to point people to you. And I just pray that everyone that is listening, um, has, has heard from you and not heard from Peter, not heard from Stuart, has heard something from you and to be encouraged. And God, I just pray that 
there's someone listening that um, has questions about who you are, um, that, that they would, they would reach out to peer, they would reach out to somebody and, um, and, and, and seek you. And I just pray for this year, 2021. It's a, it's a year, it's a new beginning because a new year is a new beginning. Um, our country is going through change and God, I just pray for each one of us that claims to be a follower of yours, that we would put aside what divides us, that we would focus on two things that is loving you and that's loving others, that we would be known by everybody that we encounter every moment of every day, be people that love God and love others, that that is who you've created us to be. So I just pray that 2021 will be a year that more people come together and it's because of your love for them, your love for us that we exhibit in the way we, we talk and we live. God, we thank you uh, just that we live in a place that we can openly talk about you. And I just thank you for technology that allows us to have this conversation right now um, through this podcast, um, that, that you um, would be glorified in, in all that we say and we do. Thank you for loving us. I also pray in your name. Amen. Amen. With the Easter season coming to a culmination in a few weeks, I really hope this episode resonates with you both in mind and spirit. Listen to it. Listen to it again. And hopefully you gain even more insight and perspective as I did. Enjoy the episode and happy Easter. Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. 